Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Apologize that we're not live today on, on Facebook. Something was wrong with the Facebook feed, but for those who are watching it on Facebook, well, with God's help, try to get this to you on, on demand. Great to be with you guys again. Happy 4th for those that are tuning in live, for those that are not. Happy whatever date is you're getting. I just want to make one comment before we jump into... Uh, Thank you, Nirla. I appreciate that. I want to just make one comment about July 4th weekend. For those who are in America, depending on where you are, you are, I just want to make a comment about it because it doesn't really matter, right? Because at the end of the day, America is, um, is not just a, a country where some of us live in. America is a place that has made a big impact on the world. And you have to be able to give credit where credit is due. And for whatever the challenges are going on in America today, such an important lesson to see things and find things in them that are valuable. We'll talk about this today with God's help on the show at 5.30 for those that will be on with us. Uh, the Shabbat show 5.30 on my Facebook and on uh, Project Inspire's Facebook. We forget sometimes that America was the idea of a few individuals that went up against the greatest army at the time, the English army. British army. It's hard to understand that because it's been so long, but these are people that were living in colonies. Many of the men that began this and the women that were behind them and with them and as part of the war, I think in the story, because especially what it was, they're highlighting only one type, but it was everybody. The soldiers were regular people. They had everything to lose. They were going up against the craziest, greatest, strongest nation at the time. And they had nobody. They had no experience. They were fighting with very little. But they had this dream. And they knew that if they would fail, they would all die. They'd get hung. Their properties would be lost. But they had this dream. And they went up against the world for it. And the lesson to me of the four, of July 4th is that you're not going to achieve big things if you don't take big risks. If you don't do big things, greatness is hard and it's going to take time and it's going to take sweat. And if you hear ideas that you, that you like and you're not doing them, it's because it's hard. And somehow along the way, we've been sold a bag of goods that there's a way to get it in an easy way. Just buy it for $24.99 on your money back. There's a way to do things easier. It's just not true. Maybe once in a while, there's an exception, but greatness is hard. And we don't got to discover a new country to be great. We all just have to recognize that sometimes the only way to be great is to go up against the army that is within ourselves, the British army that is within ourselves. So if you're watching from England, we love you. And wherever you are in the world, and if you're watching from, from America, it's nice to take a minute to give, as they say in Hebrew, in English, it's gratitude. Give gratitude for, for the things that we have, even if they're not perfect. Okay. Rituals. Clear, measurable, allows us to play the game. But the game is not vicarious games through somebody else. The game is through our lives. But we have to begin to still peel this onion. Uh, we're on Facebook. Andy, the great one, figure this one out. So I think we're on Facebook. Oh, we are on Facebook. Good. Awesome. Andy doesn't give up. 
He's like the colonists. We're talking about rituals, how to make them, how to make them hunting records, how to make them, how to make them strong. Yesterday we spoke about making them measurable so you can tap into your psychological need of, of games and, and mastery and winning, and that's all a big piece of them. I want to add another element today because there's a few more elements to go. We've got to talk about when, we've got to talk about how, but I want to add another element to how to make this work. Depending on how hard the ritual is for you, let's assume you have a, a plus one and it's not that difficult, but still you have to be able to, to feed, if you will, the other neuroplasticity, right? You have to realize that your brain is, it's a, it's a living organism, but it's a computer. It's a robot. And you have to be able to understand how to feed it what it needs to align with what you want. Remember, you're the soul, you've got a computer, and your job is to manipulate the computer. Like Orita, I think, mentioned. It's not about doing it in a way where you just write the code. You have to machine learn. You have to learn. Okay, but that, that, that idea, which I think was great that Orita brought up, which is it takes time. So you have to understand that in the battle of changing your life, you can't just shut down the rest of your brain. That's why cold turkey almost never works. And if it does work, it's not really cold turkey. You think it's cold turkey, but you've been gearing up for it for a long time. The way change happens isn't shutting off who you are because it's not sustainable. You can't wake up one morning and change everything because you don't have the willpower for it. And it's not a sustainable model because your brain's like, what are you doing? We, we, we've been doing this a long time. Like, where did you show up from? Do you know how many things you got to go against every day? You know how many, you know how many neural connections you have to override? Like, it just doesn't work. So you have to feed your brain something to say, here, I'll give you something. This is actually a lesson from a very deep mystical thing that takes place during the times of the temple, the times of the temple on the Yom Kippur service, they had this very fascinating um, rule that they would take two goats and they would sacrifice one as the key um, atonement for the Jewish people in the temple. But then they would sac take another one and take it to, the, to a, a, a mountaintop and so to speak, sacrifice it to the, the demons, if you will. Now, these are all mystical concepts, but the idea was that we got to keep the other side busy while we fix our atonement. And on a deeper or especially on a practical level, what that means is when we fix ourselves, we've got to understand who we are and give a little bit to the other side of ourselves so that this way it, our brain aligns, if you will, and wants us to win. What am I talking about? So let me give you an example. I grew up as a very poor student. My mother can attest just how many times she spent in the principal's office during my tenure in elementary and high school. At a point, I came into the principal's office and my mom's number was on speed dial because he called my mom as much as he would probably, the principal called my mom as much as he called his wife and his mom. I was not a great kid. In, I was a good kid. I was not a great student. I can barely sit. If you've ever seen me, I can barely sit ever. Forget in a classroom, forget it. The only reason why I ended up being a lawyer because my options are either going to jail or representing people in jail. But me being around trouble with the law was obvious 
from the beginning of my career as a student. It was a miracle that I got into college and a miracle that I got into law school. But when I got into law school, I realized that all this stuff had to change. I could not compete with what was going on here. You had people in my classrooms that were brilliant, that, were, that had photographic memories, that were valedictorians, that, that they, they were just these stars. And here's this kid from, from Brooklyn who can barely make it in school. Thank God I did well enough to get into a great law school. And I'm sitting in this law school and looking around and going, I got no chance. So I had to change, I had to change everything. I couldn't, I couldn't study like the rest of them or else I would lose. I was stuck. It's the first week, it's the second week, it's September. I was married. It was football season. I, I was learning in the morning, Talmud with my friend. I, I was, and then during the day to sit in front of those 700 page blue covered textbook and study torts, I was going out of my mind. And I get to class and like, I would like avoid the professors and all of the students have their hands up and they're answering perfectly and they've got study notes and they're like ready to roll. They're like, you know, their grandfather was a, a justice in the Supreme Court. Forget about it. So I'm sitting in the, I'm sitting in the, uh, in the library one day and I don't know what I'm going to do. I got to study. I got to get this down. So I come up with this idea. I always, I have like this weird, now we're, 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 we're family. I can share everything each other, right? Like, you know? So I'm always going back and forth with eating and exercise and health. Because I have this, this thing, I've got a little bit of a sweet tooth. I love, I, I love being able to, in, in Yiddish it's called noshing. Eating junk food, like that's, what I, that's my thing. I'd rather go and sit in, in front of like a, with a, with a, a bowl of popcorn or a cup of coffee and whatever and, and, and chocolate then go to a fancy restaurant. That's just me. So I love that eating like that, but I've always fought it because if I eat like that, I'm going I'm, to I'm be unhealthy. I'm going to gain too much weight. So I'm in battle. I had just gotten married. So I was in my tip top shape. I'm in the library and I say to myself, I'm never going to make it. Like I'm never going to make it. And this idea pops into my head. I said, what if I don't worry about studying? Like, what if I set a ritual that every day when you start your day, you got to put X amount of hours into studying? Mine, I didn't, I didn't know the plus one theory yet. So I was just like, you know, all or nothing. But it wasn't all or nothing, but it was more than just plus one. It was more painful. But I said, but how am I going to do it? I said, okay, what if I tell myself the following? Whenever I study, I eat whatever I want. If I'm studying, free game. Eat what I want. I buy what I want. I don't hold myself back. I don't diet. When I'm not studying, I'm back on my diet. Okay. Studying is really hard. Controlling what I'm eating is less hard because I've been doing it for a long time. Right? I've been dieting on and off since high school. So like I built that muscle up. I, I get the muscle of holding back food. So what if I applied that to that? I allow myself a pleasure that I've been holding back only while I'm engaged or after I'm engaged in the ritual that I want.
So if you watch what's happening is you've got two different types of battles. You remember, we're, we're, we're strategizing how to beat our brains here, right? So the first thing we strategized last week was willpower. You got a bit of willpower, borrow it, own the ritual, tighten the ritual, and you'll need less willpower. That was strategy one. Here's strategy two. There are levels of importance of rituals. And there are times where they're more or less important. How I look is important, but I've got one year for law school. Am I willing to sacrifice the battle of eating healthy and not healthy for the opportunity to study and be able to accomplish something in law? So that's what I did. Every time I studied, it was free reign. Now, was that healthy? Probably not. Would I do that now? Probably not. But that was that. But I can learn something from it. What ended up happening was, after like a week or two, I enjoyed the experience of eating what I wanted so much, the guilt-free pleasures that I just inclined to go to that library, right? Remember, neuroconnections. So now my neurological connection started forming between if you want to eat something tasty, if you want to eat sugar, if you want to hit, just go to the library, open up a book, and there you go. And lo and behold, I ended up spending hours and hours studying. I gained an enormous amount of weight my first year of law school, but thank God I did it. Thank God incredibly well. Now I had to lose it, and then the next two years was how do I maintain the grades and not the weight? That's for another talk. But here's the lesson. If you want to start to really hone in on your rituals, now they have to be important. Number one, you have to recognize that you have a certain amount of willpower. And if you go to the well for this, it's a great return on your investment. Look back at two classes ago, two shows ago, and when we talk about that more. But I'll take it further. Your brain already has pleasures that it likes. Maybe you're engaging in them indiscriminately and you should hold them back more. Maybe you're not engaging them at all and you can bring it back in your life very specifically. If you begin to tie the things you already like with your rituals, now you're not only needing willpower to get there, you're actually going to your brain and using your brain to fill your needs. Right? You're not only going against your neuroconnections to create a new ritual, you're using, you're using your neuroconnections to use a ritual. So if every single morning you woke up in the morning and had a muffin, let's say, and that was a problem for you, you can tell yourself, I am not allowing myself to eat that muffin until this ritual is done. And when you miss a ritual, you don't have to worry about the ritual. You have to fight making sure you don't eat that muffin. And over time, your brain will go, well, we want the muffin, just do the ritual. This is not only physical, it's also emotional. Many times, especially years ago when I had a trainer, this guy would come in and beat the living daylights out of me. Daylights, but I was training for something and I needed to do it. I would, in the gym when I was done, I would sit and I would spend five minutes, five minutes on the clock, enjoying the feeling of accomplishment. It wasn't like shower, get back. But I literally sat and I felt and I allowed myself to feel accomplished. You did it and allow all those thoughts of, uh, and then it got to a place where I got so looking forward 
to that moment where you're sitting, the five minutes where you're post-workout, post-shower, sitting, and just enjoying that moment that I started to, during the workout, think to myself, when I'm done with this, I'm getting that. We each have things that we want. We each have things that we already like. The problem is that when we're engaging in things that we like for no purpose, we're wasting them. If I'm just indiscriminately eating whatever I want, I've wasted this thing in my brain called pleasure with food. If I just indiscriminately vacation or relax or whatever I'm doing that is physically pleasurable, if it's just for no reason, I'm wasting it because I can take the same physical pleasures that I've already engaged in and just tie them to rituals that I want to be doing. And now I can use them. I'm still going to have them to some extent, but as opposed to doing them whenever I want without thinking about it, I got to just insert a little bit of willpower to that as well. Now I can take the willpower, put it into this pleasure and now leverage it. Now do this ritual. And so every time I get this pleasure, it's only from this ritual. You know what's going to happen after two weeks? You're going to run to do your ritual. And then over time, your ritual will become normalized and you'll run to do the next ritual. When I sat in that first day, it took me an hour. That was all I got, an hour in that first, the first library session. After an hour, I'm going out of my mind. By the time I was done with my first year of law school, I would wake up in the morning during finals, pray, study, be in the library by nine o'clock in the morning. By five o'clock in the, in, in the evening, I'd be like, that's it? Of course, I would finish like a box of chocolate bars, a full two liter, you know, whatever, and like bags of pretzels. Okay, we're not talking about that. Of course, like the amount of calories that I consumed was unhealthy on any metric. But the point was that what was once taking me only an hour, that same amount, if you will, maybe a little more, but that same amount took me an entire day because my brain got easy. It became easier to me. Linking. Just kill you who involved me in that. Steve, you're 100% right. Linking a ritual to an already defined pleasure gives not only purpose to the pleasure, it allows the ritual to be connected to something that you already want. So now what you're doing is you're taking that code, if you will, uh, muffins, let's say, because one of my great pleasures that I only allow myself on Shabbat to have is corn muffins. It's another story for another time. Corn muffins and coffee, forget about it. Are there greater pleasures in life? So when you link that thing, I love the corn muffin, you take that link and you just detach it to the ritual. Now the ritual ends with the corn muffin. Not only do you now create purpose for the corn muffin, You now allow yourself to link the ritual with not just I need to use willpower, hold on with, I have an already existing source of desire attached to this. You just got to make sure that your ritual is more valuable to you than whatever you're fighting against. That's the play. That's the play. That's what each and everyone needs to do. We have to think about, we have to think about what our rituals are. Because if we're not changing our rituals, then we're not changing ourselves. If you're listening to this, 
and we haven't put an, if you haven't put a ritual into place yet, you're not changing yourself. The goal is not just to tell ourselves things every once in a while. It's to change, change our clothes. And we'll talk more about where to link it next week. But let's just sort of close out. Change takes place when you change your rituals because changing your rituals is changing the, the, the code in your brain. You change your rituals by making them clear, measure, measurable, and plus one. You change your rituals by recognizing that everyone has limited willpower and it's worthy of the allocation because once you get it, it'll go down. That's a return on your investment. And you change your rituals by finding things that you already like and holding on to those by connecting it to the rituals. And now you're using your army, if you will, to accomplish what you want. You see, you're taking already what you have which is the taste that someone just posted and just posted. This is so New York could be, that's where I'm from. It could be that that's where I'm, that's where I get it from, but everyone has where they get it from. And you attach it to where you want to be going. Now your brain works for you and not vice versa. Okay. We'll pick this up. Happy fourth, everybody who's celebrating it, or if not, just have a wait. Great weekend. Shabbat Shalom. Thanks so much for an incredible week together. I so appreciate those that are on live, those that are watching it afterwards. It means the world to me. It really, really does. Thanks so much. And with God's help, I cannot wait to see you again on Sunday. 